0: Oh.
1: Welcome to the Trap Podcast. It is December 26th at 8.30 p.m. And we have an awesome episode ahead for you guys. Uh, We got the whole crew with us today. So um, I hope everybody had an amazing holiday, an amazing Christmas. Um, You've been dealing with your family for the past uh, 48 hours. And I know how difficult that can be for everyone. But you have a little safe place to fall. And to, uh, to, to sneak away, go take that walk around the block, and uh, listen to some Devils, uh, Inf- Devils podcast stuff. So, um, yeah, welcome to The Trap. My name is Bill Botch, and we have a full lineup today. So, we have The Pickle on, uh, we have Patty Shambro, and then we have arguably the most um, controversial Devils Twitterer in the universe... Mr. Jack of Hearts, our buddy,
2: Ollie, is back in the show. Ollie, how we doing, buddy? Thanks for having me. Amazing, amazing. We're doing good, trying to, you know, try to stay level-headed through all this little, uh, little hard times that we had there for a couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, right? We all love the same team, so... um yeah, that's
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're you're a you're a polarizing guy, I'll tell you. You really know how to stir the pot, dude. You I, I like it. You're you're definitely uh you're definitely a shit starter and you're you have your opinions and you know, I had to go on this rant and um and Patty and my father weren't on, which I I very rarely do episodes where it's just me talking. It, it's, it's the most Mike Francesa monologue, angry rant I could get, but I wanted to just vent after that Edmonton game. And, um, and I didn't want anybody arguing with me back because I knew that it was going to turn into just that, <laughs> an argument, which um, I don't think we need to be, especially my father. We don't. Argue. And um, <laughs> especially after I was on the way home and he was telling me that he was purposely not criticizing Jack Hoots on the podcast because he didn't want to lose listeners, <laughs> I it's it's kind of
0: not what I said, but That's exactly what you said it wasn't meant like that. I was like, I'm not piling on if the kid has a couple bad games and stuff, I thought it was more about him acting you know acting like a spoiled little brat than anything else. I wasn't wasn't going to pile on the, the we hate Jack group because he didn't have a hatch Yeah, or... No,
1: no, no. I'm just saying either way. Um, I just had this, I had this urge to just, you know, I had it all bottled in and I needed to let it all out. And, um, hopefully I let it out right before Christmas Eve and Christmas day. It was called Christmas is canceled. So hopefully everyone was busy doing more important things than listening to this I, podcast. I didn't but... it, right? Good. Um, <laughs> So we, we <laughs> Saturday we go into a day before um, it, we go into a day before Christmas Eve, and they had they finish up their last of four home games in the week versus the Detroit Red Wings. Detroit was coming off of a back to back where they played in Philadelphia in a game that went to overtime, and they had their fourth string goalie in, in Hutchinson, and um, it was. We we gutted it out, and we got the win. And I'm curious to hear how you guys feel about it, because despite, I mean, those are games you have to win, and I appreciate a, a, an ugly W just as much as anybody else. But, Ali, I'll start with you, and then we'll pass it around the room. How did you really feel after that win, considering losing the past three games the way that we did, and just the way that the Devils have looked all season Did you take anything away from that W on Saturday night?
2: Um, Honestly, uh, we got two, you know, we got two points. Um, That's really the only thing that mattered out of that, especially heading to that little break there, three, four day break. Um, We were kind of lucky that we got any points at all. Um, Detroit actually lost two players during that game. So it's not as if, uh, you know, we we won that convincingly. Um, But we We grinded it out, we got two points um we got another line going that we didn't necessarily knew about or that was put up uh on the fly with McLeod, uh mercer and um, Timo meyer uh meyer got got a goal got a couple of goals actually um so you know he he he's been going, which is a good thing and uh yeah, I mean, look what whichever way it was gonna happen, we needed to get those two points, and we got that which gave confidence to our guys heading to a little Christmas break. And, um, that's it. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, to me, it was a, it was a crucial win. And for being a game that, uh, was versus Detroit where, I mean, it wasn't in our division or anything. I thought it was just important for the morale of the team to go into the winter break, not dropping four in a row at home and picking up a win and kind of leaving on a good foot. Um, Patty, you weren't at the game, but what were you? What did you have going on? Or did you throw a Christmas party on Saturday? Was that Friday or Saturday?
3: Uh, I threw a Christmas party on Friday at my house, and then we had to wake up on Saturday and go to family Christmas, which was a great drive uh, when you're hungover uh, up to upstate New York. But uh, no, I didn't. I didn't make it, but I got to watch the game. Um, They needed it, um, despite looking pretty vulnerable in the second and third periods. the Mercer mcleod uh, Meyer line has been I like it. I uh right. they look good to me. Uh Timo's been crushing it since uh the pickle casted him off to the side. <laughs> he doesn't want him anymore. Uh he uh the last the last episode of the pickle threw him threw him to the gutter and me and Bill said we'll we'll take him and he's been he's got two goals and an, three goals and an assist since then, right? So um yeah, I I they needed it. Uh they still they looked rough. Red Wings were not the red. They weren't the Red Wings that have been playing all year. You know, they, fought, like you said, four-string goalie. No, played a lot of games on the East Coast, and uh, a sloppy Devils team was was able to be a slop was able to be a sloppy and battered Detroit Red Wings team.
1: Yeah, Dad, what do you think? I liked it. I Dad I
3: didn't, think, know, it, I didn't think it. Was,
0: I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was as as bad a win as. Everybody else, we, uh, we outshot them. You know, we outshot them 36 to 24 each period. We outshot them. We, we outhit them, which I thought was really good. And I think, you know, the episode before... Do you think
1: that we outplayed them in the first and second period? Well, the, the stats
0: tell you they did, so I don't know if it meets the eye test, but the stats say yes, that that, that we did. Um, you know uh let me take a look we outshot them the first period 10-6 13-9 the second period 13-9 the third period we outhit them uh 13 to 4 you know i think we controlled the puck in their zone for a long time we got caught in our zone that one long shift and i think you know given Timo that little bit of tough love i know uh Timo listens to the program. I know me giving him that little bit of tough love may have uh, sparked a little uh, fire under his ass. Whole world gone crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy, man. I'm happy. I never wanted. I never wanted you guys to be more right than what you were saying about him. And I'm. I'm. Hey, man. I'm
1: great with it. I'm happy that he played. He played like he played in the playoffs. Yeah, he played really good, and you could tell that he was uh, a little more physical, and he was using, you know, he played the role of a power forward, and I think a lot of it is they needed to move Mercer away from the center position. I don't think he was playing well at center, and Ollie, we could get right into it, because this is this is your boy, but they, and we talked about it on the program, we said, I think it's an opportunity to maybe move M- Mike McLeod up the lineup and play him in the third line, and then you know depending on the way that the roles were going you could have moved Holla down at some point or you could have moved Mercer down if you if if Lindy was gung-ho on keeping Mercer as a center but there was a lot of things that you could have did in the lineup you see you know arguably it was funny my my son asked me yesterday who's the best player on the Devils and and I said this season and he said yeah and and I think a lot of people would have a lot of different answers, but if someone said Mike McLeod has been the best player this year, um, I, I I answered Jesper Bratt, but there's a lot of there's been a lot of different players. It's not, you know, at one point people were talking MVP for Jack Hughes the way that he got off to that amazing start. He was in that kind of conversation, but the role of Mike McLeod and just being a North. South player and also the way that he's able to transport the puck through the neutral zone um is really, if you had, this is a serious question. If you had Jack Hughes getting a puck in his defensive zone and skating through the neutral zone, knowing that you were going to get a puck deep or just gain the blue line, is it arguably, is it crazy to think that Mike McLeod can is, is as good as at transition. Of course he can't skate as well as Jack Hughes and can't stick handle as well as Jack Hughes, but just getting the job done and getting the puck deep and giving our team a chance to forecheck and create some pressure down low. I mean, Ali, you've been really into Mike McLeod and defending Mike McLeod for a very long time. And I actually agree with your comments that you had the other day online where you were saying there were people that were accusing this guy of being a rapist or involved in all this stuff. And and I do believe that you're right, where it's like no one should be accused and have their name slandered through the mud until they're proven guilty. That's just, you know, that's why we have a legal system. But um, go for it.
2: But it's just people hated him before because Lindy would overuse him for face-offs. And, and, you know, he wasn't the player that, that we saw him uh last year against the rangers or this year you know so people are like okay face-offs don't matter and this and that he's not that good so why why is he getting all that ice time and this and that but the thing is is that what what i find from from our fan base here on on twitter is that um uh, you know a lot of them like that finesse hockey that jesper brad jack hughes type of hockey which is amazing to look at and it's 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 great but when that doesn't work we need a plan b we need to dump it deep we need to go for check and get it and hit people in the mouth and i know people don't like or some some people don't like physicality and they say well we don't need it. it it's it's 90s or you know old man's hockey and it yeah it's hockey whoever played hockey had somebody on his ass coming who's six three, six four, two twenty and is about to level you, you're shitting bricks. Fuck. You know, you're making bad plays because of that. And and having guys peel off all the time and not nail and finish your checks is is not winning hockey. I'm sorry. It's nice to see, yes, fine. During regular season, yes, fine. It's great. When you get into the nitty gritty of it all, sometimes you need another way of winning than just by stick-handling three guys and, and, and roofing it top shelf, right? You need to get these nitty-gritty goals. And Michael McLeod is just that. And by putting Timo Meyer on a line with him, it's kind of forcing Meyer to be the guy that he was in San Jose because Michael McLeod is doing all that. And then when Lindy's saying, well, look, that guy who's getting paid about you know, 10% of your salary uh, is, is doing the exact same job that I'm asking you to do, then he's like, okay shit, I gotta do this, right? And Mercer's the same way. He's relentless on the puck. Michael McLeod is relentless on the puck. Yes, he doesn't have as much skills as a Timo Meyer or a Mercer or whoever else that we have on our roster. But sometimes you need that that Tasmanian devil kind of guy, which is Michael McLeod to just wreck havoc. And, 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 you know, that's what he's doing and he's doing a great job of it. So,
1: yeah. And, and just be annoying. And, 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 one of the guys that, and, and I think like, I know one of the conversations you were talking about was this uh, JP Gampatis. He reached out and he was just saying how he doesn't think that you need, if this is in the nineties, you don't need the physicality that you, that you have, um, that you used to need back in the day. And I, and I, and I disagreed with him and I don't forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but it, you know, it just, it came out and I was just thinking of, you need skill, but you need to be able to play hard too. And there's going to be, there's going to be times where you're going to need to grind them out and be a garbage, need some garbage goals. And and to see Meyer in front of the net scoring garbage goals when he is a skilled player and is able to shoot the puck from all over the ice it was really refreshing to see. And one, one of the things is, and Patty, you can attest to this, was at the game on Thursday night when Timo got his first goal, the whole crowd started chanting Timo Meyer. And the same exact thing happened on Saturday. He ended up, he put two in. And the reaction for Timo Meyer, he is one of the most loved devils in such a short period of time. And especially for not having as much success as people would think, um, he is still really loved by this fan base, and uh, it was refreshing to see because I'm sure that really weighed on him that he hasn't lived up to his, to his hype recently. Um, Patty, overall, when it comes to Timo Meyer, McLeod, and Mercer, that line really looked like it was humming, and, and you had a, a third line for the first time really all year, in my opinion. Um, what, what, would you, what are your thoughts on that line? And, and if you want to dive into any of those guys, you know, go for it.
3: Well, first off, I'd like to say that I totally agree with Ollie here I'm on the Michael McLeod train. Um, I think he should be farther up in the lineup. But he should be on that third line, uh, and I agree. I don't know if I'm going to say he's been the best devil, but I would not argue with you. Argue with you if you said it. Um, yeah. He's I he the way he carries the puck into the into the zone is just and and like Ali said, plays a nitty gritty style that we lack is has been a real breath of fresh air from him, and he's. Scoring goals and really doing doing the things that most guys on the team don't. And that's been awesome. Uh, Timo Meyer, you know, me and you, Bill, we, we, we have not uttered a single sense that we were worried. Um, I have not worried. I don't think that he's only 20, 20 is he 27 years old? Right. He's not just going to drop being the player that he was. He's going through a little rough patch, a little slump. Well, maybe not a little, but, uh, He'll be back. I'm not worried about it at all, and I like this the, the triple M line here. It's uh, it's um, they just seem like a like what you were saying, like an old school style, old school style way of playing hockey. They're getting into the zone. Two two guys that really dig dig deep in, in Myra and uh, and McLeod, and then the new kid and the kid in Mercer doing that stuff too. It's it's uh, I hope I hope Lindy keeps them together, but as we know, he probably won't.
1: Yeah, I know. You know what's good is like it's good to have a team, uh, a line that could forecheck because it yeah. could buy it could buy time for your your first two lines to to get better. And also, I think McLeod and Mercer, uh, more so than Timo, they play really good defensively too. So it's not a line that you're really. I mean, one of the one of the things with the you know putting Jack out there is he he turns the puck over a lot. He leads the team in turnovers and you have to worry about um, the puck going the other way. That's kind of a more straight line. uh, You know, they play a more straight line game and I think it, it simplifies things and it allows you to wear teams down, especially in the second period with the long change. And then hopefully you could take advantage of that. Um, Dad, you've been, you've been Mercer's your boy. It's been good to see him back to where he belongs playing on the wing and taking man, taking advantage of playing with a guy like Mike McLeod, who's able to transition the puck so well, and um, and he will be able to play a little bit more of. A, he's going to have more of a role to play defensively. He he wasn't great down the middle of the ice, but yeah. as a winger, it's still important to play g- smart hockey. And I think that um, he could he could kind of lead that that line as far as playing a good 200-foot game, even though he's still on the wing and not playing center.
0: No, <clears throat> for sure. That is that is a great line. And what Ollie was saying about bringing the puck up through the neutral zone and stuff, the thing I like most about McLeod uh, carrying the puck is he'll make a move, he'll get around somebody, but he won't try and get around everybody. When he sees that, you know, he's got two, two or three guys that he's got to get past, he dumps the puck, dump and chase. Dump and chase, four check. And, you know, I don't know whether it was because Timo was on that line, but he threw a couple of really big hits along the boards that turned the puck over. Um, it was nice. It was nice to say, it was nice to see that's, you know, it's not, not exactly old school hockey, but it's, you know, when all else fails, get back to the basics and that's it's what they did.
1: Yeah. Yep. I would agree. Um, you know, one of the, one of the, I look at this, the lineup from the other night, and the, one of the things that stood out to me glaringly, and this is where me and Ollie are probably going to disagree, is that they had Holtz on the fourth line playing wing, and then they had Lazar on the second line playing wing. I think that Lazar has played great all season. I really do. He's been a very consistent player. Uh, he blocks shots. He's, he's a team guy. There's no doubt about it. But... Holtz leads our team at five on five goals. He's tied with Toffoli at five on five goals. And you look at the amount of ice time that he's getting. And I went through it on the last episode where he, you know, he's playing seven minutes, six minutes a game. Now he's playing on the fourth line. They have Halla down there on the fourth line too. I mean, Halla has played wing with Hughes. I I don't understand why Lazar is. I think that's a, that's a pretty – he's playing over his head a little bit. I think that's a pretty lofty promotion for a guy, and there's nothing wrong with what he does. But I think his role suits himself better on the fourth line than, and being a four-checker and, and getting physical rather than sticking Holtz, who that's clearly not his game. And it seems like despite what Holtz does, he continues to be in Ruff's doghouse. Where what do you think about this, Ali? Because you've been pretty strong about rough defending rough when it comes to Holtz's um, usage. Where do you stand on this?
2: Well, I think that that Holtz Holtz when when he played his best was when he was in the bottom six. But he right? was playing with Mike McLeod when he played his best, right? True, true. But the thing is, is that um, I think that what Lindy's trying to do here is he's trying to put. A grinder, a, a, a guy that's gonna go in the corners and is gonna muck it up and do all the dirty work for Heisher instead of having Heisher do it because he was playing with Heisher and Pilat, right? So, um, yeah, I think that he's just trying to have, like, he's just trying to put somebody on that line instead of having his superstars do all the heavy lifting, so to speak. He's trying to have a four line. I mean, he has no other option. Who else is he gonna put there? He had the McLeod Mercer line and uh, McLeod Mercer and Meyer line that, that was humming. So he can't, he can't touch that. And then basically, he has every, what everybody asked for it, to have that stupid peanut butter jelly line together, um, you know, uh, with the Bratton Hughes. And I mean, like, these guys click, right? So it's a good thing. And I'm saying stupid because I don't like that. I mean, I like the line. I just don't like the, uh, the, the peanut butter thing you there. I don't like peanut butter um, jelly. But. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but yeah, so he has like, he, he didn't have any other options. So he stuck Lazar there, who everybody knows that he's not a top six guy. Like everybody knows that, but so let he me had a specific so, role. So let me ask yeah. you this.
1: Is Andre Pilat a, a top six player?
2: Depending on the role that you give him, so I could be, say, yeah. So would you agree that Andre Nobody Pallot- likes him, unfortunately, Andre- but I, I, I love the guy.
1: No, I like – I am not – this is not a – in no way is this bashing Andre Pilat. I actually am a huge Andre Pilat fan, and I was praying that the Devils would go after a guy like him before, prior to getting him. Dad, we've watched how many no, Tampa absolutely. Bay games together. I've, I've always – he plays my kind of game. My point is they're putting him alongside your number one overall pick center, who's the second fran- face of your franchise, let's say. To do the dirty work, to do exactly the kind of stuff that you're looking at, what you're, ask, what you're talking about having Lazar do, at some point, you need to put talent around him as well. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, that's the way that I'm looking at it. I'm like, all right, Palat's going to be the guy that's going to forecheck. He's going to block some shots. He's going to go into the corner. He's going to go in front of the net. And I think he sure plays a really – obviously plays a great 200-foot game too. But at some point, you're going to need skill around him. And I just don't think that Lazar has the – level of skill that you put alongside arguably the face of your franchise next to Jack Hughes.
2: Well, I, I, I fully agree with that. The thing is, is that I think that, that that Holtz was kind of slipping a bit in, in the way that he was playing. And I mean, he was still playing good hockey. Look, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not a Holtz hater at all, but sometimes when, when you ask a rookie to do something and you see his game kind of fade away a bit, even though he had a good stretch of two, three weeks and his game is starting to fade away a bit, sometimes it might be like a little wake-up call that he's saying, look, I'm putting this fourth guy, this fourth liner, in your role. So that might be, you know, like if he's going to keep Lazar there for three weeks, I'll be on board with you in, in saying, look, this is completely absurd. But if it's just a one-time thing to get, you know, a fire lit up of uh, under Holtis' rear end, then, oh, then but it's, cool.
1: It's not a one-time yeah, thing. Not- and. And not for nothing, if you look at who who's played like shit over the past couple weeks, it was the line that Holtz was on. It was Meyer, Mercer, and Holtz really weren't getting anything done. So I no. understand moving them around and trying to figure out a spot. Patty, like, what what is your line combination looking like now in the top six? Um, you don't have to give me your whole lineup, but I'm saying when You're it comes really to Heischer, the spot there, fuck. Tell me your Utica top six lineup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying if you have to, if you have to put your players next, what do you think Lazar playing over Holtz? And what do you think of Holtz and Halla playing on the, on the fourth line? Because Halla played in the top six for a, a large portion of last season. And some of this season too, as a winger, um, what would you do with Halla, Holt, and Lazar?
3: Uh, to me, well, like, for me personally, I think that Holla should be sh- – I think Holla is more of a fourth-line player to me. I don't, I don't really see him as having a spot in top six. I think we just have too many ta- talented players, and there's too many – like a- anytime I think of a top six, Holla is never in it. And I, that's just – it's nothing against a guy. No, I just, that's fair. I just, I, I, there, I'm not I'm – not, Poo-pooing Eric Haller. I actually really like Eric Haller. I just don't see him as having a top spot – having a spot in our top six.
1: Right. So and, are, you putting, uh, are you putting Holtz on the wing or are you putting – Would you would move Lazar down to the fourth line? I would, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I would, yeah. I, I, I like Lazar on the fourth line. I like Haller on the fourth line. No, though I think those guys are interchangeable out of there, and I, I just don't – I, I, I just don't – even top nine, I don't really see them as having spots in the top nine, and that's just me.
1: What about you, Dad?
0: I feel the same way. There's nothing worse than wasted talent, son, and uh, they're not using Holtz. It's like Holtz has a a great shot, and that's – that's what he brings to this team. He brings a sniper shot, and you're not gonna, you don't get that on the fourth line. He's not going to have the opportunity to do that. He showed that you know, he can get in front of the net and, and get dirty goals. He's willing to do whatever, but not playing him but seven minutes a game, it's like Smith has to share some of those pictures he has of Lindy with him because he
1: needs more ice time. It's not fair. Um, you know, like to me, what I look at is one of the problems that we've had is five on five scoring. We have not looked like we, we did last year. And, um, and if somebody's able to put the puck in the net on five and five, we should try to keep trotting them out there until they become a serious liability. That that's the way I look at it. You know, we went over Jack Hughes. Um, he's been struggling as of late, you know, the complaining and all that stuff. We've kind of talked about that at length. Um, but we're looking, he's got two points in his last nine games, um, at five on five and he leads the team. He's got 34 giveaways on the season, which leads the team by um, a mile. Now I get it. He carries the puck more than anybody does too. So he's going to be, he's going to be in the position to turn the puck over more, um, He's only got nine shots in his last seven games. For a good portion of the season, the kid was putting up between five and seven shots per game. That was a lock, and now uh, it's really dropped off. And you can see the frustration. At some point, I understand that Tooley and Hughes got off to a very hot start together. Tooley scored uh, the game winner in in Detroit the other night, but those two have not looked the same in a while, and. This is something that we've kind of seen from Jack Hughes over the years is where he does, for being somebody that's as talented as he is, he kind of does find, it, it, it's hard to find people that connect and play really well and have a ton of chemistry with him, which I find interesting. What do you think the problem is, Ali, with, with Jack Hughes and as far as him being off of his game, he's clearly frustrated, and that line really isn't going the way that it was um, you know, earlier in the season?
2: Well teams are playing him hard. Uh I mean, you know, he, he's he's our focal point when when other coaches have a set game plan, it's it's to to counter Jack Hughes, right? Um and yeah, I, and I think that the book is out on you know, get underneath that guy's skin and he's gonna be off his game. You know? We saw it against Anaheim. Um we saw it on, on on the following game as well. Uh, you know, guys are going to take that little extra extra step. You know, over. You know, they're like they're going to go over that line against Jack, and they're going to nail him in the back of the knee with this. You know, a little cheap shot here and there, and that just gets him off his game. Then he becomes pissed, and he he wants to go me against the world to prove everybody that you know he is a really you know solid hockey player. He's a superstar, right? But when he gets when he enters that mode that's when everything kind of fucks up because he's not passing it. He's just going, he's trying to dig the whole team and, 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 and that's not, you know, that's not productive hockey at the NHL level. Um, and, and I just think that people are like, okay, you know, let's mess, let's mess, with, mess with Jack Hughes and then, um, you know, we'll have that guy off our back for, for a while and he'll put a hissy, he'll pull a hissy fit like he did. He'll be, you know, he'll get a two minutes here and there or he'll retaliate and, and you know, our job is done. And then after that, we just got to take care of the rest of the team, basically. That's how I view it. So, I don't know. But, that, you know, like, he, he, he's what? He's 21, 22. And the, kid's, the kid's fucking young. So, he's going to learn that eventually. It's just, you know, it is what it is, I guess. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, we, could, we could look at um, the... The uh, the NHL um, trade freeze goes until December twenty eighth. Right now, I think the Devils clearly have a question mark when it comes to goaltending, when it comes to coaching, and when it comes to um. I see Ollie laughing down there, and when it comes to the the defense, you know, uh, I'm curious. You know, Dad, where where do you stand? I mean. Do you think that Tom Fitzgerald? See, we we kind of talked about this off air, but I talked about how I think that Tom Fitzgerald has gotten to a point where this team has really had every opportunity to be a wild card team already. They really the competition has not been that good when you look around the Metro Division. There's no reason that we shouldn't be in the mix. We haven't looked good. We haven't strung games together. Um, this is a would you say that this is a season that Tom Fitzgerald expects to make the, make the playoffs, refuses to punt the season away, even though he came into the season knowing that goaltending was going to be a problem, now it would be kind of hard for him to get rid of Lindy Ruff. This could turn into a long conversation, by the way. Yeah, so, it could. Hold on, hold on. Let me finish the question, and then you guys can think about what you want to say and really take your time and, and get into this. So – This is the way that I look at it. It would be hard for Tom Fitzgerald to fire Lindy Ruff because he didn't supply Lindy Ruff with the goaltending that he deserved in order to win games. So it doesn't matter who you would put there. You're going to get the same result to to a certain extent. He also, the Devils play with these young defensemen, which we knew was going to be an issue to a certain extent as well. This is not, to me, this has not become a one-solution problem. So I don't think if you get a goaltender, it's enough to save the season or to save the team or to to is going to fix all the problems. I also don't think that if you get rid of Lindy Ruff, that's going to be enough that's going to change everything. You're going to see a dead cat bounce from the team, I'm assuming, and they'll win a couple games, but then everything's going to settle in at some point, and you're going to get the same results if you don't have the goaltending so here's the question. The question is, what does this team need to do in order to be a serious threat going down the stretch to make a playoff spot and to try to win multiple rounds in the playoffs? If you're the general manager, what are you doing? What do you think Tom Fitzgerald's going to do? I think, I think he's got to go
0: after Gibson. I think we need a goaltender. We definitely need a goaltender. That goes without saying. Um, and if we could pick up another uh, defenseman, only because Dougie's out for the year, I don't think that would hurt us. Like a real defenseman, like, um, what's his name? Halifin's out there. Um, Hannifin. Um I don't think that firing Lindy at this point does anything for us. I I really don't. Um, I think that we lost a lot of games because of injury. We lost a lot of games because of bad goaltending, horrible goaltending. If you're trying to salvage a season, you can't salvage it without going out and getting a goalie. If you want to make a coaching change the end of the year, you know, go ahead, because I don't agree with everything that Lindy does either. And we had this conversation, and you make a lot of valid points about bad decisions that he makes, like, you know, that stuff I don't agree with, playing Holt seven minutes, playing Smith all the time. Um, but I don't, think, I don't think he's the problem. I think our goaltending, our back end's definitely the problem right now. So you're going after Hannafin and you're going after John Gibson. Well, I would go after, I would go after a goalie. We need a goalie. And I think that, that, um, I think that Gibson's the the only guy out there because, you know, you're not going to get Soros. Um, I think he's, he's our only option right now. And I think if you're going to go after, you know, a lesser quality goalie, I think that's, that's a waste.
1: What about Markstrom and Hannifin? I, um, you know, I and, I'm and not, I'm not a
0: giant Markstrom fan, so um, you know, not that I know a ton about Gibson either, but you know, he's he's, you know, is he a top? Could he
1: be a top ten goalie with a team in front of him? Right. What, what do you think, Patty? I mean, it's and it's also the question is what are you willing to give up to save this season? That that's like a serious question that i think devil fans are asking you saw it on twitter today they talk about everybody's talking about seamus casey because the world juniors are going on you see the success that he's having you see how he looks he's another guy who's undersized is a finesse player is not built to play defense defense you know what i mean um what dad you want to say something yeah
0: can i can i interrupt one second we are as far as win percentage goes we are in the playoffs we are in the last wild card spot win percentage win percentage hey well win percentage is what what you're you know is what's going to give you the most points
1: and put you into the playoffs so we're about to face we have the hardest schedule in the nhl coming up for the rest of the season We have to be better than what we've been recently because this is we've been awful. We definitely do. We need better goaltending. We need better goaltending
0: now. We need Manichek and Schmid to get hot, or else we need to go out and grab another goaltender.
1: Okay, do you seriously think that Akira Schmid is a legit NHL goaltender that's going to be a solid guy in that? And these are something that I want all you guys to answer as this goes around. I'm sorry this is taking so long, but Dad – in the future. Do you honestly still believe in Akira Schmidt to be a real legit goaltender moving forward? I do. I
0: do. Okay. I like I like I like his style of goaltending. Um is he a, is he a, a good goaltender for us right now? Probably not. Um, you put the workload on somebody else and you you know, you you let him get his experience. I mean he was have, playing in the West no... Coast hockey league like a year
1: and a half ago or something. It's like I have no faith in in Schmid suiting up right now. I I just don't. Patty, you go ahead. Let's hear it, dude. Go just start from top to bottom. Give me what you're doing.
3: Uh, I'll I'll say that for as bad as the Devils have been playing, they're four points out of a playoff spot with a game at hand for the Flyers. I will also say that while they are only four points out of a playoff spot, they are last in the league in save percentage, Last in the league in save percentage versus expected, last in goal saved above expected per game, last in scoring chance save percentage, and 31st in inner slot sh- inner slot shot save percentage. The goaltending sucks. It, it fucking sucks. Uh, there's no other way to put it. If they had if they had middle of the road goaltending, you know, if those numbers were bumped up into the low 20s, they'd be in a playoff spot. So. Go get, a, go get a goalie, Fitzy. Like the numbers, the numbers, the analytics, everything says go get a goalie and this team is in a playoff spot.
1: I, I, I mean, I would agree. It's not rocket science. They need no. some saves at some point, And he's kind of backed himself into a corner a little bit because I don't think he wants to get rid of Ruff. I think the players on the team are fond of him. He's a players coach. There's no doubt about that.
3: I don't know if they are.
1: If well they are that I, fond of them, I'd, I'd think
3: Nico I don't think Nico really is that fond of him.
1: Yeah, I know, but you you know And you know Holtz isn't <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Smith loves him. He sleeps with yeah, him every night. Smith, <laughs> Brendan Smith Smith fucking loves him. Yeah, Brendan Smith has a picture of Lindy Rupp over his bed at night. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, it's just it's like you look at who's out there and then you you know we talked about this too talked about, you got Edmonton you got Toronto you got Carolina these are all teams in win now mode they're looking for goaltenders there's really not a lot out there um I I feel like I feel like Fitz is going to make a move you have to make it sooner he has than to later. it's if like otherwise if,
3: if he it, doesn't it, then on he's you. on the
1: hot seat yeah. yeah totally it's on you all right Ollie I know you're a Fitz guy or you're a, I know you're a rough guy you know, I think I know that you don't think that there should be change move behind the bench, which I'm, I'm I'm fine with. I mean, I would be fine with getting rid of rough, but I don't think that rough is the firing rough is the is the going to be the end all be all. What do you do with goaltending? What do you do behind the bench? What do you do with your back end and when do you do it and what are you willing to give up? Because that's a big question mark.
2: Um, uh, I, I've said this a couple of times now. Um, I think that the, the one that should be taken the fall in all of this is Fitz more than the Lindy Ruff. This roster for me personally is, is flawed. It's way too soft. Um, you, you know, we heard rumors left, right, and center, all, you know, all summer long about him possibly going out and getting another goalie. I mean, V tech, look, the Washington Capitals gave us VTEC advantage. They're right. in our division. Like, these guys are no idiots. They gave Samson off to the Leafs. You know, like, they knew what the hell they were doing. There are two goalies that are playing poorly, that have a below 900 save percentage, and they're tanking both teams. It's like if the Caps just said, you know what? Here, fuck you, New Jersey, fuck you, Toronto, you know, and, and basically put, like, you know, um, put us behind the eight ball then. So, yes, we do need a goalie. I was adamant about that all summer long. People fell in love with, with Schmid because of what he did against the Rangers. You, I mean, like, like Pickle just said, you know, the guy was playing East Coast Hockey League hockey a year and a half ago, and people were like, oh, well, you know, yes, he might have a career. Fine. We do not have the roster to wait and see if Akira Schmid is a full-time, legit, number one starter you know we made moves we gave big contracts to, to to prime guys and our main weakness like like patty said is between the pipes i mean look uh, there, there's no other way around it the defense is way too soft for my liking we needed a guy i mean i understand we weren't going to give him uh four years, three mil, same thing to Luke Shen and I I was talking about Ratko Gudis or something like that. You know, like we need some guy that is gonna clear the crease and and, but we we have we have softies. We got Siegenthaler who's there fucking having a chit chat with uh with whoever we saw Vanichek get steamrolled um against Detroit and, and even if our guy pushed him in there, even so any other team is on that guy and just pummeling him. And we're like, oh, well, sorry, you know, we didn't want to push you in there. So I guess we'll just let it be. <laughs> I apologize.
0: <laughs> it's, just, it's
2: just crazy to me. And, and I think that, uh, not Lindy, but I think that Tom has a lot of blame to carry on his shoulders for not addressing these specific areas that, that is making us. A one-trick pony kind of team, and that's why. And that when we got that Timo McLeod and and Mercer line, it was like, wow, what a breath of fresh air here, you know. But um, yeah, we we do need a goalie. There's not a lot of them that's that's available, other than Gibson, like Pickle said. I mean, he's our best option. No, you know, Trotz isn't isn't trading, UC Syros anytime soon. Um,
1: but would he trade Askarov? <laughs>
2: I got into this a little bit earlier today. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, you don't at, say. We, you
1: got the... you got into it with somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I no, see you. I don't believe it for a second. Don't believe I, it. I, yeah, I, I don't really see listen. you
0: as argumentative. Is, is he
1: the? Yeah, you know it's bad or? when, you know it's bad when the Jersey guys are are giving the the French Canadian guys shit for being. <laughs> shit hey,
2: look. Uh, you know, I have uh, and and and. Uh, <laughs> The other user, Jofa Helmet. I don't, I don't even know what his real name is, but we, oh, yeah, we kind yeah. of see eye-to-eye eye on a lot of things, and, and we DM each other, and we're like, the hell's
1: going Love on? Love Jofa Helmet. Him?
2: You know, so it's just, yeah, I mean, Askarov is, is, would be a good pickup. Is he going to help us this year? Probably not. Is he going to help no. us down the line when everybody's going to be in their prime? Yes, of course. Is he going to be better than VTech? Fuck, I'd be better than VTech. You know, like, it's just, we got to find a solution to fix you know, uh, like we've got a broken leg over here and, and we're just sticking Band-Aids everywhere, right? And it, it's just not, it's not going according to plan. And I'm not yeah. going to get into that seem, Seamus Casey thing there where everybody thinks that he's the next coming of. Uh, I've seen Quinn Hughes and, and Kel McCarr. And yes, he's very good. Do we need another soft, finesse offensive guy on our back end on the right side when we're already loaded with Hamilton? Marino, Nemec, yep. and him. and I mean, we, we can't play finesse hockey, pun hockey all the time. We need somebody who's going to basically... You know, we need a Colin White back in the days. We need a guy that's going to be there and, and fucking hit people and, and give a cross-check to somebody so that he won't be parked in the slot fucking 24-7 just waiting for somebody to pass him the puck and have a, a grade-A scoring chance. We need those guys.
1: I agree. I mean, one of the things with Casey is you, you're like, where are we going to put him? You know what I mean? Like, I think he's very talented. I think that if you didn't have Nemitz and you had Luke Hughes and you didn't have Dougie and it's like, these are all guys that push play and you know, it's really just not, it doesn't really make much sense. At some point you need somebody that could, that could support one of these players and cover one of these players. You know what I mean? Um, Casey to me is extremely talented and, there's definitely a place for him in the NHL and there's so many teams that are looking for a player like him but we're kind of ha- we're at this like we have this great luxury of being loaded on our back end with guys that could tilt the ice um that i agree i think that he is one of the perfect trade chips this is a perfect time for him to showcase himself on a national stage when the NHL is off for i guess it's only till tomorrow but you know the amount of visibility that the World Juniors gets, and and you and you see how good this kid really is. This would be the opportunity to try to find yourself a, a legit goaltender um, moving forward. You know, one of the things that comes with being kind of soft on the back end too is we're we're dead last in blocking shots, and that that's an issue to me. Like, I mean, you know, part of w- this part of success and part of winning requires. Um, you put in your body on the line and you look at like the Tampa Bay Lightning, which I continue to bring up over and over because that to me is just a team that they had the finesse and they had the incredible worldly skill of Victor Hedman and Stamkos and Braden Point and Kucherov and all these guys. But they also played very in unison with a mentality of toughness. And they also put their bodies on the line. All of those guys, they all were willing to block shots. Dad, I know Braden Point's one of your favorite players. You saw, you know, Vic and – I mean, Braden Point will play anywhere on the ice. He's a garbage guy, and it doesn't matter about size. And then you have a guy like Victor Hedman who it's like, I know, we thought it was dirty, and it is a dirty play when he speared Nico Heischer in the nuts. But it's like – that's the kind of thing that's like, all right, we're losing our first game in the playoffs versus the devils that year. And he was just, he's just not going out without taking a piece of the team, somebody else with them. And we really don't have guys that are like that to where you need that guy that is willing to, that toes the line and, and gets incredibly physical. I mean, I really like Noah Hannifin, but he's and he's actually pretty tough too, but he's not like a guy that's going to try to take your head off, I don't think. But he does. He's a big physical guy that plays every game. He does block, suppress shots and all that stuff. I think he is an option if the Devils are going to plan on making moves. Um But I don't really know what you do with the goaltending. Uh, to me, Askarov, I would be willing to make a move and trade a Casey and potentially somebody else in order to get an Askarov, knowing that, John Gibson is three more years of John Gibson. You don't know how that contract is going to age. The Devils are kind of in win-now mode. I understand that. But the window has kind of just opened last year into this year, and we have all these people signed on long contracts. So Tom Fitzgerald really has kind of put himself in a weird position, if you ask me, as far as what he's going to do. Um, But I can tell you this, Devils fans – devil's fans actually like how good was the vibe at the rock on thursday patty i mean that was a serious scene out on edison place and in the building we've had um we sold out 11 or 12 of our last 14 games have been sellouts they're selling out and um 99 of all season of all tickets have been sold um so I mean, people are coming out and supporting the team for the first time in a really long time, and are very excited about it. It's
3: it's a, which is awesome out. to see, which is awesome it, to it, see. It, it's for, so for people who've had season tickets. That's like it. It's it's really is really is cool to see how it, the building is packed every night when those those lean years and the five years prior to last season were lean. Uh, and that was had to do with the product on the ice. And this team is still is selling tickets, like you said, and uh, I. Just, I just hope that Fitzy can deliver this fan base a a goaltender and get this team into the playoffs for a second straight year because we deserve it as fans to get there, get back there.
1: We do, and also, do you not feel like we do not have much more time? There is not much more leash between. I mean, New Jersey, New York fan base is what? I mean, look at the pickle. It's like, what have you done for me lately? And 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 it's like. (laughs) That's the way, that's the mentality around here. And they have given him quite a bit of leash. And I think it's only a matter of time before you start getting booze in your own building and fire the coach in your own building and Bronx cheering Vitek Vanacek and the goaltending. And it's like, that starts to just flip the vibe a little bit. And I really believe that that stuff is contagious because once one, one person starts booing, everybody starts booing. And I, I think, Things are. I think something is going to happen in the next week or two, I, I, if I had to guess. I mean, how much time do you think we have left before shit just flips upside down?
3: Well, I think I think they have they they have a, a good upcoming schedule, a favorable upcoming schedule. You know, of their five of their next or four of their next five games are Columbus, Ottawa, Washington, and Chicago. So, those are games that they should win. Um, it's almost like. Is uh, one of these goalies going to look good in those? Going to look good in those games? And like, well, we're fine at goaltending. Hope not. But um, I like I have been not in a total panic mode about the Devils because, like I was trying to say before, like how close they are to that spot and how bad they've been playing. Like this team is not poor. They just ha- they just need to figure out that goaltending issue and. Um, the uh, the leash is long, and I and I think he's still. I don't think it's as I don't think it's as getting as tight as you think it is, with with this fan base.
1: Interesting. I think that's, I think
3: the I think the fan base nice believes.
1: Him. I kind of believe it. What do you think, Ali? How much time do you think that the that this fan base has before? Sh- I mean, things get. Um.
2: I, I I I don't know. It, it's a snowball effect whichever way we want to look at it, if they continue losing with all the expectations of last – well, of people – hold on. Let me rephrase this. The expectations that people have this year based on last year's results, people are going to be – aren't going to be too patient. We we went through 10 years of, of complete hell. Uh, we finally got a good run last year where everything, and I mean everything, went right. People had – Career years, left, right, and center. Siegenthaler was playing like, uh, like one of the best shutdown defensemen, you know, and then in the league. But Fitz gave him a, a, a three point something, three point four million dollar contract. He's not a top pairing guy. You don't give three point four mil to anybody yeah. asking him to be your your main shutdown guy. I mean, that that's just like doesn't work that way but he is you know he's kind of like the damon severson so to speak that we had back in the days where we were asking him to play first pairing minutes and he'd he'd fuck up most of the time all the time basically right so it's just we, we got we got extremely lucky if i could say that last year yes we're a very good team but there's a lot of or there's a couple of players that are not in in the right spots, in the right chairs, so to speak, right? And uh, if we continue losing, people are going to be fed up because they have this expectation of us franchise-setting season last year. And then this year, everybody had us pegged as a fucking cup contender uh, from Sportsnet to TSN to uh, MSG Network, I guess, uh, other than that Valaket guy. But, um, uh, yeah, it's just... (laughs) Fuck that guy! Oh, God. but yeah, that everybody works. had us pegged mm-hmm. within yeah. at least you know the the top four, top five teams of the league, and and we're not even in almost basically through borderline mid, midway through the year. So yeah, Fitz has to get on the phone and and, and start making some yeah, calls. She,
0: We're two players away. I think we're two players away, and everybody... I think Vanacek had a good year last year, and Schmid played pretty decent. So that gave you a sense that if we had just a hair above average goaltending, we'd be okay there. And like you said, it's like putting Siegenthaler in the number one shutdown spot isn't fair because that's that's not who he is, I don't think. And I don't think... uh, I don't think we have a, a real shutdown defenseman. Uh, Marino's not, not one. So, you know, I think a, another defenseman and a goalie.
1: A number one shutdown defenseman costs a lot, though.
0: No, I'm not talking about even a number one shutdown. Who, did, um, who just got tr- traded for that six-round pick It was like a freaking steal? Yeah, but
1: Zadorov isn't a number one. He's, you don't think so?
0: You don't think he's a number one on our team? I think, I think right. he would be a number one defenseman. I think that Siegenthaler would slide. I, I definitely think he's a... Uh, I don't think he would play on the first You think he'd bump oh, Smith? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah.
1: I could bump Smith. So this is, what, this is what it's looking like. So, you know, we were talking about the upcoming schedule. The Devils have Columbus and Ottawa. Columbus is 11 and 18. Ottawa is 12 and 17. Columbus has a minus 20 goal differential. Um, And then you get Boston on the road. Uh, The Capitals. The Capitals are 17 and 5 and actually playing pretty good, even though they have a minus 9 goal differential. You get the Blackhawks, who are clearly struggling uh, 10 and 22, minus 43 goal differential. So they're just leaking goals. And then you have the Canucks at home who are 23-9, and they're a good team, but we just beat them on a West Coast road trip. So the way that I'm looking at this, the Devils, I'm hoping that the Devils go 4-2, and and you just have some sort of consistency. So if you could beat Columbus and Ottawa, who are two struggling teams, let's say you drop one to Boston, and you drop one to the Caps on the road, you should be able to beat the Blackhawks and then beat the Canucks, who are traveling across the country to play in Newark. But... With the way that the Devils have played, there's no way to understand what you're going to get night from night. So they go and they'll have this big win versus Boston at home. It'll be a real gut check game. And then they come out the next night and they lose to the San Jose Sharks. Or they lose to the Anaheim Ducks. Or they lose to Buffalo. It's like this team is real Jekyll and Hyde. And like I've said before, even when they win, you're really kind of like, ah just like Saturday night, like, nah, I guess it's good. We needed the points, but you can't really go, you can't really go to bed knowing, damn, they look <laughs> fucking good tonight. Yeah. Know, nothing man. convincing at all. Yeah. I know. Um, what Let's well, take like a backtrack
2: got? two seconds on, on what you said before, which was a good, very good point. Um, we suck at blocking shots. Ryan Graves was a major, major part of our PK. Our PK this year is trash, okay? Yeah. And if you're not willing to sacrifice your body and block shots, look, we lost a lot. And I, again, I go back to Fitz being kind of a responsible person and all of this is – We lost guys like, and I know people hated him, but Miles Wood. He was good on the forecheck. Yes, he took dumb penalties. We all know that. But he was an in-your-face type of guy, right? We lost Ryan Graves. We lost Thomas Tatar, who was also good along the boards. And we replaced all of that with soft, finesse players. Luke Hughes, who I love. I love the guy. He's very good. But he's not going to block shots like a Ryan Graves. I'm sorry. He's just He's just not we flipped Thomas Tatar for, sort of, so to speak, Alex Holtz. And he's not all that great. He he is a very good player. You know, I get that. But along the boards, he's not as good as Thomas Tatar. So it's all these little things. It's, it's all these little things that we lost over the offseason that, that got replaced by finesse and soft guys that are mostly perimeter guys or that are going to try to deke, and they're not going to do the, the, the nitty-gritty things. And, and that is hurting our team a lot. And that's where I think that the dip is happening. Yes, like Patty said, our goaltender, our goaltenders have been awful. But we lost a lot of small little things that people don't necessarily realize and, and, and has a major impact on the way we play, unfortunately and especially the way that Lindy coaches you know if we can't cycle down low I, I, and we're just an off the off the rush type of team we're super easy to basically control and just clog the middle of the ice and you're not getting anything done it's just as simple as that it
1: and that's it because we have not been the same team off the rush and we have not transitioned the puck the way that we did last year, which if, and then if we don't score off the rush, we don't really have any kind of down low game. So if you can't play below the goal line, you're a one trick pony for the most part. And it's like, that's why it was really nice to see the McLeod Mercer and and, um, Meyer line going because we really don't have that in any other part of our lineup. I did bring up that. I mean, I did bring up an off season that we were gonna, it was gonna hurt us losing Graves on the penalty kill. No, absolutely. And and you were like, "Well, we could put whoever there," and I was like, "It doesn't really work like that." Like, I think that this is a big opportunity for Ball to step up and show and really add some serious value to himself. And I mean, he's by no means a blocking a shot blocking machine. You know what I mean? So. You, you look at what that's done to our special team. So, our penalty kill has clearly uh, plummeted. And at the same time, um, while our penalty kill is really good, or our power play, excuse me, is very good, we haven't been really drawing any penalties. And it's like we're not drawing penalties because we're not keeping our feet moving. And, right. and, and Jack Hughes is not drawing penalties the way that he used to. And, and Jesper Bratt, and you're not getting teams hemmed in their own zone and you, you we don't have a cycle game at all and and it really it we allow the teams to have easy outs exit zone exit so i think it's really it's starting to parlay itself into god thank god that we've been able to um execute at the level that we have on the current power plays that we have because if we didn't like who knows what our record would be for without yeah. dougie a good well well they didn't even have dougie playing on the top uh, power play and i think at some point yeah like i kind of as as good as the power play was in the beginning of the season i still like dougie at the point because he just gets he gets pucks through much at a much higher clip than luke does plus he's willing to shoot more than luke will too you know what i mean and i think that you need to get the puck to the front of the net at some point you know what i mean I, I understand you wanted to get to the jack and you want to try to flip sides of the ice, but it was nice just to have a guy that liked to put bombs and was able to get them through at such a high rate. And that's what I kind of think about Nemitz too. I think he's a guy that is going to be able to get pucks through. He likes to shoot in volume and he's kind of sneaky to where he could find those little um, open parts of ice and see when a guy puts himself out of position and he's able to take advantage of it. I know, Ali, you're a big Nemitz guy, we can kind of finish on this, but and we can go around. We'll go around, Patty. You, you next, but I mean, how could we not be excited about what we've seen from Simone Nemitz so far? Dad, thanks for this. This picture behind me, right here, of uh, that's his first lap, and, and William, good, right? and William there. Yeah, it came out great. But he's was been a guy supposed to be
3: for your son. When you stole it.
1: Yeah, and I was, was gonna like... say something,
0: but I figured I'd wait until it was over. I'm no, like, no, isn't no, that supposed to be in now. William's room?
1: He, yeah, he was just kind of like, we like took it out and I was like, oh, and he was like, I was like, oh, we could put it up over here. And he was like, yeah, go for it. He didn't, he doesn't really care. But he's coming to the game tomorrow. He's coming to the game tomorrow with me. Um, awesome. Yeah, but here's the thing. So I, I was, this kid, you could tell the more that you watch about him, he is just so friggin' smart. It's like, this is his first 11 games as a pro. Man, this kid looks like he's going to be the real deal moving forward. Uh, Ali, we'll start with you, Patty, and then we'll finish off with uh, Pickle. Give me your thoughts on the first you know, dozen games of Nemitz's career. What's impressed you the most and what you think he's going to be? He's
2: going to be – I've, I've, I've thrown this this comp, which I don't like doing, but he reminds me a lot. He doesn't have the same skating stride as him, but he reminds me a lot of Miro Hiskanen in Dallas. Where his game is so poised, and he's good on the offensive side of the puck, he just controls everything. When he's on the ice, he's like a floor general. He's like the point guard, and he's 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 very good offensively. Um, we we ran in a bit into that um, JP guy or whatever his name is there, uh, saying that his game is chaotic, but it's not because he is a rover. Oh, a chaotic, and rover. you you try to. Right. Uh, Pick up the slack where where I wasn't on for a while, and you and you kind of let him have it a bit. But yeah,
1: really gave it to that guy. He was supposed to be on the show today too, and we were gonna. <laughs> I was just gonna throw it in here. <laughs> so uh, shout out to him. Uh, he's gonna end up coming on at some point because I, we have to talk about how the
2: chaos. Where the chaos, know, where but end he end could up, be all over the place. That game. doesn't matter if he's back at the at where he needs to be even though he's below the goal line. And after that, he basically skated, just like Niedermeyer used to do. I mean, I'm not saying that he's Niedermeyer, but Niedermeyer was all over the place. He was your prototypical rover, but he used to get back into position and, and, and play crazy defense as well. And Simon Emek is exactly the exact same way. I mean, he doesn't have the same skating stride as, as Niedermeyer, but he's, he's all over the place, true, but he's never in the wrong place. He does screw up. He's a 19-year-old D playing in the NHL. When he went and, and, and covered the point point, and left like three, three red wings wide, wide open on the back door on that first goal, I was like, the hell is he going? But that, that's how he played. He played like that for Team Slovakia. He played like that in Slovakia. It's just the way he plays. So you got to take the good with the not-so-good, I guess. But bottom line, we have a stud on our hands. We have a legit top-pairing guy right-handed top pairing
3: guy yep totally what
2: about you patty he's
3: yeah he's 19 he's gonna make those he's gonna make those he's so he's so young think about like i'm thinking about myself when I, was and, like, I was a freaking idiot, a freaking idiot. like like imagine, imagine imagine how good this kid's gonna be imagine how good imagine how good he's gonna be when he's 24 or 25 years old like and uh, I, like Ali said, like I've said it before, I'm not comparing him to Niedermeyer, but it's that style of play where you control, where you control the pace and you just kind of everything kind of slows down when the puck's on your stick. And it's, it's really, really fun to watch. He,
1: he looks like kind of like a grown man already. Like he's a big yeah. dude, you know what I mean? Um, and Pickle, you'll tell him. I mean, is Miro Heisken, he's not one of my favorite players no, in the league. He's, he's – yeah. man – you ever see Heiskanen's first shift in the NHL? Nope. YouTube it. YouTube Miro Heiskanen first shift, and he literally just skates around everybody. He's you know Heiskanen can skate like nobody else. Like that's his thing. He is just a a really strong skater. But yeah, I I love that comparison, Ollie. and um, Dad. What, what are you What are you thinking? I mean, you are so jacked up on luke hughes and i mean and uh you were kind of you kind of like you kind of looked at me sideways about nemitz and then we were at the draft when they drafted nemitz and i i remember you were pissed off that we didn't take shane Wright. um what are your
0: (laughs) (laughs) what are your thoughts no i i wasn't i wanted uh who did who did arizona take um no, you wanted Shane Wright. I didn't want Shane you Wright. You wanted I Logan wanted, Cooley, um, too, but you wanted Logan Shane Wright. I did want. But I, I really didn't know. I didn't know anything about him. Um, you're right. I was, like, all jacked up on uh, Luke Hughes because I think he is going to be, you know, an all-star D guy for us. and But he is. I mean, he's played 11 games, and... He's, he looks like a pro he's, you know, he's making a couple of rookie mistakes and stuff, but he's, he's got the confidence where you could tell he's going to shrug it off. He's not going to do like a Blackwood after he lets a goal and look like he's suicidal. You know, he's, he just comes back out and makes a play.
1: He, you know, he's taken a couple of big hits too, and he's gotten right back up, which leads me to believe that he's going to be a durable player. Um, and one of the things that really stands out to me the most is his first pass is, our, is the best first pass on our on our back end right now. I, I think as far as transition goes, he has the most vision and he's able to complete um, the complete. He sees the ice the best and he's able to make those passes in transition as as good as anybody, which is which actually like makes me feel not so good because you would think that the other five guys that have been playing back there for a while, and I guess, you know, Luke's still a rookie, but um, you'd like to see somebody else. I mean, Severson, regardless of what you thought of him, Severson had a good first pass. You know what I mean? And that's something that the Devils have really lacked. We've had a little trouble transitioning the puck this year compared to last year. We haven't transitioned with as much speed. And I think a lot of it's because um, just the The back end isn't able to make that out blast, that outlet pass the the way that we were last year. But um, that's all I really got. I'm going up to the game tomorrow. Are you going up, Patty? I'll be there. My man. Um, cool. Well, uh, Ollie, we you got anything else?
2: Uh...
1: Oh, yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Okay. So. March 11th. We have talked about it before. We've talked about it with other devil's podcast guys before. Um, I'm going to try to start doing a, it might be like the first ever trap meetup. Um, And it will be March 11th. We're trying to get as many devil fans at Madison square garden as possible to support the devil. So we deal with all these douchebags that come in from New York and from North Jersey And they parade around Prudential Center like they're God's gift to Earth. Well, we're going to do the same thing, but we're going to do it in New York, and uh, we're going to be much. We're going to be much. Yeah,
0: I got just the bar to do it in too, and you know which one it is. Oh yeah,
1: we know a Ranger Bar right across the street, and we mustang Sally's or uh, what is it? Yeah, Mustang Sally's. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, But we're going to try. I've caused
3: some. I've caused some problems in there before.
0: And that's really hard to do. We went in there wearing our jerseys and you see all the the life size cardboard cutouts there and everybody in there where it's a sea of blue and it's like nobody said boo to us. And I, I was like, Wow, you guys got oh, no heart.
3: I said boo to them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh absolutely,
1: yeah, I could imagine. Um but yeah, so we're thinking about what we're gonna do is I'm gonna put this podcast out and then I'm gonna to start to put it out on Twitter and we're gonna to try to get a roll call of people who would be interested in getting seats together. We could uh you guys could Venmo me. I could call the garden and try to get a group package thing, and we can get uh a group of seats at the garden um together to try to make some noise and really get after these Ranger fans. Hopefully by then the devils have turned a corner and you know we're front footed and we we look like the team that we know that we can be. Um, I'm sure in March this is going to be a very important game too. I mean, that's we're already getting to the point in the season where every game really matters for this team moving forward. It's not we don't have the luxury of last year where we had a 13 game winning streak that we're that we have in our back pocket. So, I mean, all these games are going to be they're going to be big. So, um, and then we also we have the Stadium Series game which uh, Patty has is, is got a, a, a whole thing going on that we're all going, and we we got a bus and, and the, whole, the whole shebang, and we're going to be lighting fires and burning stuff and doing all the fun stuff that you do in the parking lot of Giant Stadium. <laughs> am I right, Dad, or am I right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll just try and find some uh, flyer Patty, bumper stickers to, lay, to put our grills under afterwards. Patty's making soup. <laughs>
1: I'll
3: be making a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, you're making soup, Patty? Oh, I'm a a master tailgater pickle.
0: Master tailgater. I want to see it. I want to see it. I didn't get the the, uh, invite to your Christmas party. It must have got lost in the mail.
3: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, um, yeah, it was great having everybody on. We're talking some hockey. I feel like the Devils haven't played in a month. I feel like the, I don't like the way the schedule is laid out this year. Too many back-to-backs, too many three, four nights off in a row. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. There seems to be no flow to the season. Um, but either way, Ali, good to have you on, dude. And Ali's uh, at his yeah. – what do you got, your mother-in-law's? <laughs> <laughs> don't sound
0: so, so excited.
1: Like <laughs> uh, well, – I appreciate you breaking away and hopping on, dude. And uh, we've been trying to get you on for for a bit now. It's just like my schedule is a little ridiculous. But um, thanks for hopping on, dude. And obviously, you're always welcome to come on. Um, and I will. And we'll, I'll let you know about the thing in case you want to make your way down from Montreal for the oh, I'm, for, I'm the, uh, for the Ranger I game. Could, so
2: I could give you my confirmation right now.
1: Cool. Well, I'll, I'll put you down. You'll be. You're already. You're already in. But please. Hit me up, direct message me if you're interested in getting seats with us, and um, I'll, I'll I'll get on that and I'll start making that happen. Um, Patty, you got anything for us, buddy? I'm good. Let's go Devils. Pickle? Nothing. Um, so when the Devils go to Florida, uh, the Pickle will be on the glass behind the uh, opposing team's goal where we score twice for... Two in games. Sunrise, versus the Panthers, and in Tampa, on the glass, behind the goal, in a pickle outfit. So make sure you check that out. We will, we'll keep you up to date on that. I'm sure we'll have video for that. But um, I hope everybody had an amazing Christmas and is having a great holiday season. And uh, if you see me at the, at the game tomorrow, please don't hesitate to give us a shout. But you've been listening to the Trap Podcast. My name is Bill Botch. Thanks, Ollie. Thanks, Patty. Thanks, Dad. We will talk soon. Peace.